Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mike Up Radio. This is episode two. I've got uh, Eric Pincus on the show. He's all about the NBA. He's been on NBA TV. He's the lead writer for the Lakers on Bleacher Report. And talking NBA tra- trade deadline because tomorrow, February 7th, is that day. So there's going to be a lot of action going on, and we've got him. And uh, here's my interview with Eric Pincus. All right, he's very much an NBA guy. He's been on NBA TV. He's the lead Laker writer on Bleach Report. He's got a bunch of followers on Twitter for a reason. You can follow him at, at Eric Pincus. Thanks for coming on, man. Of course. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm going to get right to the question you uh, you haven't answered in for you know for at least a couple weeks. Are the Lakers going to get Anthony Davis? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, ultimately, the decision is in the hands of New Orleans Pelicans, and and all signs point to them saying, "No, we're not going to do this now. We're going to wait till the summer. We're going to see what other teams can offer." Because in theory, everything that the Lakers are offering now. They're probably offering then. And, and as much as maybe the Lakers want to bluff and say, oh, we, we, we won't offer it then, they probably still will. So what's the incentive right now for the Pelicans to make that offer when maybe the Boston Celtics offer something more? It, just be patient. I would argue it's a risk. At least you know exactly what you're getting from the Lakers, and there's some benefit in that. But, you know, it doesn't seem like they view it that way. So is there is there a CBA thing now where, where I, I don't know it, obviously. I don't know the all the ins and ends like you do. But is there somewhere where the Celtics can't trade with them now or does it have to do with Kyrie Irving's contract or something? Right. The idea is that uh, when you're a rookie and you come in, you have about four years and then you take an extension. And in the case of both Kyrie Irving and uh, Anthony Davis, they took these designated player, kind of essentially what you what we've been calling like a supermax. Uh-huh. And so you cannot trade, you cannot acquire two players via trade who are on a supermax extension. So that's the problem. And so it's just a quirk of the rules. It's a quirk of the rules. You can't do it. So the Celtics can't be in the bargaining. Actually, technically they can, but you know how they Kyrie Irving. So I think that's off the table right now. So essentially, they're not even in the market. So Kyrie Irving is going to be a free agent in the summer, though. So Kyrie, pro- you know, most likely won't be a part of that deal in the summer, right? So it's going to be Tatum, Smart, and well, other once guys, the right? Summer hits. It doesn't matter once the summer hits. So once the summer hits, his contract is over because he's, he'll be a free agent. Then if he signs a new contract, it's no longer a designated contract. He's no longer a designated player. So the complication is over as of June, the end of June 30th, the moment that July hits. Kyrie's contract is over, but he's a free agent. If he resigns, he's not resigning as a designated player, so it's no longer an issue. So basically the Celtics, they've communicated on some level uh, with the Pelicans to say, don't do this. Don't make this trade with the Lakers. Wait for us. We'll give you everything that, that you want. And obviously the Pelicans would probably make a long list. And I don't think the Celtics are willing to promise anything specific right now, but they've probably given them a, a really strong idea of what they can get. And it's in their mind, it's probably stronger than what the Lakers will give, and so it's worth waiting. Well, how bad is this for the Lakers? If all of the all the news has gotten out and leaked out, how bad is this for the Lakers and these kids when this trade doesn't happen tomorrow, and and that locker room is a is is a disaster, right? Yeah, it is bad. Now, the I don't have a problem with the Lakers making a run for Anthony Davis. That it all leaked out. That's a problem, and it leaked out to the LA Times. It leaked out in very excruciating detail 
I think almost every player was named other than, you know, like Isaac Bonga, who's like in the G League most of the time. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and, it's, and you said about the kids, but it's not just, you know, the young players. It's not just them. Uh, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, uh, these guys were named. Michael Beasley. How do you come back together? And, and I've gotten, you know, I've, I, there's a certain sentiment that they're professionals and they're getting paid millions of dollars, so they should be able to go out there and deliver, and it shouldn't matter. But I, I, I'm sorry, it's just they're human beings, and money is great when you can have it, right? But it doesn't change you from being a person, right? You're not a robot, you're not a machine. And these are, a lot of them, young men between the ages of 20, 25, right? And even if you're 25 to 35, still, it, you believe in what you're doing. You come together as a team. You're fighting and fighting, and you're learning. You're creating hundreds of hours of work. And uh, the, the mentors, like Rondo, are mentoring the young guys. Everyone's trying to be something special because they believe in where this team is going. Well, that's shattered now. So because everyone sees where it's going, it's going where everyone can be traded, and whatever they were working for was, in a way, a lie. And it's hard to be a human being and to come into that and find the unity, the mental toughness, the the communication, the sacrificing for each other that you need to have to win. So I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, you mentioned Rajon Rondo, and as much as I love Kyle Kuzma and and Zubak, I love Rondon Rajon Rondo, and I think he is perfect for a team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and another star, let's say. Now, I'm most upset that Rondo is a part of these deals because <laughs> I, I love him. I don't want to see him go anywhere. He's on a, he's on a, uh, uh, he's going to be a free agent in the summer. Do you think he is a guy that can return if they, you know, can get another star down here? Well, I mean, he could be in a deal. There were there were many packages that were floated. Uh, some he 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 was in that. Some some of was um, Contavious Caldwell Pope instead of Rondo. I believe the Lakers would probably rather keep Rondo positionally, but we don't really know for sure. Uh, ultimately, when everything's said and done, either they're going to make a trade tomorrow and get Rondo, or maybe they'll make some other trade. They made a small trade to get Reggie Bullock the other day, uh, trading out Steve McKayluk, who is uh, a nice young shooter. Instead, they got a more established one. But in the case of Rondo. Uh, if the Lakers make trades, maybe they'll have room. Maybe they won't need to go into the cap, and maybe they'll be able to just keep him and resign him. Or maybe they'll need to go and they won't get Anthony Davis. Maybe they need to try to make a run at Kyrie Irving or Kawhi Leonard or Clay Thompson or or um, Kevin Durant, but maybe not. And uh, it becomes difficult. If you're spending money on those guys, you're probably not going to be able to be able to pay Rondo more than maybe $5 million. We have one exception they'd be able to use. And the challenge here, I mean, these free agents see what's going on with the Lakers. They don't exactly look healthy in this situation. There were some comments made by Kevin Durant that the atmosphere around LeBron media is toxic. Mm. I don't think this is doing anything to dispel that, right? I mean, it, it's kind of rough what's going on. And so uh, maybe Anthony Davis, who has the same agent as LeBron, wants to be a Laker and play with him. But to, is this where Kevin Durant wants to go, given what everything everything we've seen transpire. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Rondo, and, and Ball's probably part of that deal. Let's just say that happens hypothetically. Who plays who plays point guard uh, Friday? <laughs> well, if the Lakers are sending, say, six players to the Pelicans, Pelicans right now have 15, so they would have to cut or trade six players if they're getting six back. So uh, if you believe rumors that it's Anthony Davis and Solomon Hill coming back, 
That means there are four more Pelicans that either have to be cut or traded. So I would expect someone like Tim Frazier, who's a point guard, uh, Ian Clark, who is more of a combo guard, probably to come back to the Lakers. But then uh, there are other players that might be bought out. We don't know for sure. Uh, I could see someone like Carmelo Anthony joining the team. Uh, Wayne Ellington, who's being uh, bought out from uh, Phoenix after a trade from Miami. Uh, We don't know what other potential point guards might be bought out. But, uh, you know, it's it's a, a giant move. And the idea is, if you're the Lakers, if you can pair up two of the best players in the league in Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and you have assurances because of the agent that they share that he's staying long term, I think from the Lakers' perspective, you're pretty much willing to do almost anything to get that and then figure it out from there. And there's so many players that are just marginal but acceptable backups that they could find. I think they'd be able to make it work because, you know, LeBron essentially plays a lot of point guard anyway. Yeah, I think they're looking at the big picture, right? And, and let's say, let's say hypothetically, you you put LeBron and AD together, and it happens tomorrow. Uh, out of all the free agents in the summer, who would you go out and get? Well, if the Lakers wanted to trade everybody who was on the roster over the summer, like Josh Hart, uh, uh, Mo Wagner, etc., so they have absolutely no one but LeBron and Anthony Davis. They would have roughly thirty million to spend. That's a, a slight ballpark figure. The max is closer to 33 for someone like Kyrie Irving. Uh, maybe the idea of playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis and, and LeBron and, and Kyrie repairing the relationships that, that, that they've had that, you know, that were severed in Cleveland, maybe that's, that's a real thing. And obviously you get Anthony Davis first. They would have to cut everybody, and then you'd have, you'd have to ask Kyrie to take a $3 million discount. He'd probably sign for what's called a one-plus-one where he would sign for two years, but it's a player option. So he would opt out after one more year, and then he'd be able to resign at the max. So he's really only taking a $3 million pay cut where the, there's some risk in that if he had a catastrophic injury, et cetera, et cetera. But realistically, if, at where he's at in his life, he could probably take that risk to do something potentially very special. Uh, and at that point, you have maybe $5 million to get one more good player. And, and uh, who knows, maybe that's Rondo, maybe that's someone else who fits the mold. Uh, and then from there... It's minimum players and minimum players only. But JaVale McGee's on a minimum contract. You look at uh, the Warriors, they they had gotten David West on a minimum. He was a huge part. He's retired now. But in these situations, if you have a chance to win a title in Los Angeles uh, with Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, you're going to find players are willing to come for the minimum. Yeah, agree. Now, so your match, you're going back to the Kyrie-LeBron thing, huh? That that relationship well, is could, is all good now. <laughs> <laughs> you, I don't think it's. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say that, but I would say that there's a reasonable chance that I would say a reasonably high chance that the Celtics do not win a title mm-hmm. this year. Uh, maybe they do, but there's a lot of competition in the East, and then you get and have to beat the Warriors, and if not the Warriors, whoever else comes out. And let's say they get it done, maybe they win, and he stays, and, and he resigns, and they trade Francis Davis. But we're going off the supposition. They don't win. Lakers have traded for Anthony Davis. Who does Kyrie blame for them losing? I mean, does he blame himself? I, I think history, you know, human nature shows that, no, people rarely take responsibility if they messed up and if they were a reason or part of the reason. He's going to look at the young players on the team. He's going to look at something, and maybe he says, all right, I want to go pair up with KD in New York, or maybe he says, I want to go. And LeBron really wants this to happen, from what I understand. Now, there's Kyrie. Kyrie is not going to do 
what LeBron wants or what Clutch Sports or Anthony Davis, and, he, and he's not going to do what these people want. But if Kyrie wants that, then he'll consider it. So that would be on his terms. But there's also Kawhi Leonard. Uh, there's Kemba Walker. At that point, you may not even need a top, top, top star. Someone like Kemba Walker is really, really good. He might stay in Charlotte. Kevin Durant would need to take more of a pay cut than some of the other players because he's eligible for more money. Uh, Clay Thompson would be an amazing piece in that combination, right? Let's say KD leaves and, right. and Clay wants to do something different. Now you add a shooter who's tremendous without the ball, and you're pairing him up with two guys like Anthony Davis. And How do you stop Anthony Davis? And LeBron James and Clay Thompson. That's what I, I'm talking know. about. That's what I'm talking about. And then you, and then you bring Rondo back on a on a smaller contract, right? I don't think you need a real sexy right. type point guard. No, if it's five yeah. million dollars and and he's getting that, or you know, even if he took the minimum, the next year they would have the means to pay him a bigger contract because they would have what's called early bird rights. You can pay someone a little bit more money when when they've been with you for two years as opposed to one. So there, there's a lot of potential, and this this is kind of where the Lakers are at. Like they. They would love to get this done now and face the summer with Anthony Davis and LeBron James and then say, what, you know, what can we do to, to build this? How can we let, – let's have these problems, right? right? But obviously the Pelicans don't want to just give one of the best players in the league to the Lakers, and there's a lot of sentiment and a lot of pressure around the league pushing them not to do it because who wants to see a super team built up? If, if the Warriors, if they're starting to fade, I don't know if they are, some people believe, do you want to then, as they're fading, go build another super team in Los Angeles that can help LeBron as he ages out? He doesn't have a lot of time left, but if you pair him with Anthony Davis, that's certainly going to help along his career. Uh, let's get to some Reggie Bullock stuff real quick. Uh, Lakers acquired him today, being February the 6th, the day before the trade deadline. I like him. Uh, I like Svi, too. I also like the future second rounder they gave up. Uh, you know, He can help you now, but it sounds like a little bit much for a guy coming off the books. But what do you think the odds are he comes back in the summer? Well, it, it, it's not bad. Um, I look at the numbers, and they're, not, they're, they're somewhat favorable. Uh, Bullock is, is he's a good shooter. Uh, he's a, a good vet. And he's more like Svi may be better over the next 15 years, 10 years, whatever. Um, but Bullock is better right now. Yep. Uh, and if they don't get uh, Anthony Davis right now, there could be a conceivable path where they get someone like Kyrie to say, okay, I'll come, and they get the Pelicans to agree to trade him over the summer. You might be able to sign Kyrie and then trade for Anthony Davis. Obviously, at that point, you need the Pelicans to participate, and given how how reluctant they are right now to make a deal. It, it, maybe it's a stretch to think they would do it then, especially if they also have Kyrie and now they're building not just a, a semi-super team, but an official super team there. Uh, but in that sequence, it is theoretically possible that they could keep someone like uh, Reggie entirely 100%. They might even have to trade him to, to get to the money to, to trade for Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. But I think there are some possibilities that he could be, and, and look, if they trade for Anthony Davis now, they may not even need cap room. They may end up going in a different direction and, and just trading for a third star over the summer. And if they do that, I think there's some real potential that, that Reggie Bullock could resign. It's just there's so many things that we don't know. There's so many factors. And they are dedicated to getting the second star to LeBron before you start worrying about the role players. Right now they're looking for role players to help them finish out the season. But big picture, Reggie Bullock is probably lower on the list of priorities, but 
there is some flexibility there. You know, the last few years, uh, trade deadline, again, today's the 6th of February. Tomorrow's the 7th of February. It's a trade deadline day so that you can't make trades after that. Uh, the last few years have been fun. There's been a lot of action. Uh, do you see it being that way again this this uh, this season or at least for tomorrow? I mean, today, how many trades? I, I'm still... I, I think we're up to eight. I think we're up to eight, yeah. Right. I just saw there was something with the Rockets and the yeah. and the Kings and the Cavs, I believe, for Alec Burks. Yeah. Uh, and Amon Shumpert going over to uh, the Rockets, I believe. So, right. Uh, I, there were, there's, it's exciting time. I mean, it's just the, the league, I, I think what we're seeing to a degree, there were so many bad contracts that were signed in right. 2016. Uh, when there was that giant cap spike, when the TV deal kicked in and the cap rose by about 20-something million and all these teams had all this money and they spent it very poorly. But most of those contracts, not all, but most of them are either coming to an end after this season or next season. And so now those contracts that only have one year left or are expiring are no longer horrific, right? We saw Mozgov, who's Lakers dumped, he got traded a couple times this summer. Uh, we've, we're seeing players that you wouldn't think who would get traded get traded. So I think there's more activity because teams are getting closer and closer to, to being back to flexibility. And you would just hope that when they get back to that situation where you've got if you've got a lot of teams with cap room that they don't go and spend it on all the wrong players again like they did a few years back. Yeah, two more questions, and um, and I'm going to let you go. Tomorrow is deadline day. Do the Lakers make a trade for Anthony Davis? If they do, great, in your opinion. If they don't, what do they do? What route do they take? Well, I, I don't really expect them to make this. I expect the Pelicans to wait. It just seems like that's in their best interest. I could argue that it's, it, it's a bigger risk for them to wait, and they're probably not going to get as much as what the Lakers are offering, or at least what they're reportedly, reportedly offering. There's the, the human element called the mystery box where every, everyone tends to want to see what's in the mystery box and turn away something great at the possibility of getting something great. And then when you look in the mystery box, it's not as great as what you moved on from. And it seems like people in general tend to go for the mystery box instead of surety. In this case, Boston represents that mystery box, Jason Tatum, their pick. So I don't expect the Lakers to make the trade there. Uh, I made some arguments in, in a Bleacher Report article that was out this morning, some pathways they could take, uh, maybe trade for Tristan Thompson who's someone you say, why, right? But he's with Clutch Sports. He's got one more year on his contract. And it's a way of the Lakers saying to the rest of the world, the NBA world, we're not going to go for a free agent in 2019. We're going to wait for Anthony Davis in 2020 so much that we're going to get a player who's got money next year. So it takes us out of that hunt. And everyone around the league is going to go, wow, the Lakers are so confident that they're going to get Anthony Davis in 2020. I'm not going to send anything to to the Pelicans to kind of want to trade for that guy for, and then he's just going to walk. So the idea would be trying to kill the market this summer by stepping out of free agency, dedicating yourselves to the 2020 summer. And it's really a bluff because at that point you're trying to lower the market. And then when the time comes to trade for Anthony Davis, because the Pelicans are like, wow, we have no one else to trade to. Now you've got Tristan Thompson and he might be valuable salary that you could use to make that trade. Cause guys like KCP and Lance Stevenson come up. You need that salary to make that trade. So, in theory, uh, there are other ways to do it. But that, that's my thought on how to try to for the Lakers to regain leverage. I don't know if they're going to think about that. I think at this point they're just waiting on Anthony Davis, and maybe they make a smaller move. Uh, I think they like Javari Parker, but he got traded to uh, Washington apparently. 
while I was coaching my girls. So <laughs> it's, it's, I, I have to go as soon as I'm off. I'm going to go scroll through everything and try to figure out what, what the heck is going on. Well, plus you didn't mention Tristan Thompson also brings Chloe Kardashian. True. <laughs> more, importantly, more importantly, he's he's with Clutch. That's true. That's and very it's true. It's a way of sending the message that yeah. Clutch Sports is sticking together. That Clutch Sports is owning this game, whether you like it or not. There's a lot of pushback. Mm. A lot of people resent that. It doesn't matter if if you're making a move like that. You're basically daring Boston to make the move for Anthony Davis. Give up Jason Tatum. Give up all your picks. But guess what? It's a rental, no matter what you say. And the Lakers are so confident. They're not even going to go for any free agents in 2019 of any note. They're just going to get one-year deals, and they're going to go and, and get your guy then and see if, if Jamie Ainge blinks. And Jamie Ainge is a very good GM or expert, you know, president, whatever his exact title is. He's very good at this. So he may not blink. But uh, Rich Paul, that's what he's trying to do. Not exactly what I said, but something along the lines of get Anthony Davis to the Lakers before the Celtics have a chance. Eric, I can go on for another couple hours. The two of us, I think, can talk for a long time. I'm going to let you go. I know it's been a long night. You came back from your girls' uh, basketball practice. I appreciate you coming on. Excellent, excellent stuff. I can't wait to talk to you again, man. All right, anytime. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Now to the dreadful Super Bowl talk. Ugh. That was ugly. That was ugly from the Rams. Really, it was an ugly game, I guess, if you weren't a fan of either team. Uh, only because there weren't a lot of points scored, and that's not how we all thought this game would end up being. Uh, I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game, uh, you know, 20s, 30s, uh, but but it was every, everything, anything but. Uh, look, Tom Brady didn't even look that good. The Rams' defense played very good, uh, and so did the Patriots. Um, man, if you told me that the Pats were going to score 13 points, I'd tell you that the Rams blew them out. Uh, look, I, you know, I think a lot of this has to do with uh, Todd Gurley. Where, where is Todd Gurley? Where is Todd Gurley? Uh, that is really the question. And, you know, you saw that Todd Gurley, the good one, for about 13, 14 weeks uh, into the season. And he was also a guy who was going to break LaDainian Tomlinson's touchdown record. I mean, he was on pace to break that. All-purpose yards he was going to break the record for. And then he just disappeared. I just feel like Todd Gurley is a regular season back and really a fantasy football player. And when it comes to the big-time games and the big stage, you don't really see Todd Gurley much. You saw it against the Falcons last season. I mean, he's dropping passes that he go, I know, he catches and runs for a lot of yards. And he dropped two big passes in that Saints game in the NFC Championship game. One of them for a, for an interception. The second one should have been a first down in the fourth quarter. He dropped it. He dropped several passes against the Falcons last season in the divisional game, or in the wildcard game, excuse me, last year's uh, playoff game. And then he's nowhere to be found in the Super Bowl. And I, the, the part that upsets me the most is he doesn't even look upset about it. He's completely okay. Yeah, you know, we'll get over the loss. Or, yeah, you know, CJ, he's the man right now. He can run. Man, if I'm him, I am pissed that I'm not seeing the field. But, see, I'd be if, if I'm pissed off about not seeing the field, it's because I care and, I, and I, I'm probably not in that position to begin with. I'm not going to lose my job if I'm pissed off about losing or not being successful on the field. Look, I'm not... I'm not saying Gurley isn't competitive. I'm not saying he doesn't want to win. I'm just telling you that I think Hollywood has gotten to Todd Gurley. 
you know, when he's he's at the clubs two days after the Super Bowl, I think I think Hollywood is kind of making Todd Gurley a little bit soft. He had a couple big runs in the second half. One of them was called back on a John Sullivan holding call that I think was a really big moment in the game. Should have been a first and ten on their own 45. Instead, it was a first and 20 on their own 25. That was a big part of that game, and it kind of stalled that drive, and it really took the momentum away and the running game away. They didn't run the real, they didn't run the ball after that really. Sean McVay completely outcoached. Uh, he'll tell you that he admitted it after the game. You know, he's one of those guys who he's all about accountability. Bill Belichick is still the best. Tom Brady is still the best. I think Tom Brady, you know, he didn't look good. The Rams had his number that night. He didn't look good. He made that big throw to Gronkowski uh, in the in the red zone. Um, he, look, that combination is still the best. They've won six championships together. I think this is the best run we've ever seen in sports history. I'm talking better than the Lakers in the 80s. I'm talking better than Jordan in the 90s. The Celtics in the 80s. This is it right here. This is the best run by any sports franchise in, what, 18 years or 20 years or whatever it is. I mean, it's, you know, they win in 2001 and they're still winning in 2019 in the NFL. Do you know how difficult it is to win in the NFL? Very, very difficult. Um, so, look, if you're the Rams and you're a Ram fan like myself... By the way, I've been a fan since 92. The Rams were in Anaheim. So this isn't new for me. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty educated on the Rams. So I'm not, I'm not one of these new guys. But listen, if you ask us, or if you asked us three years ago when Sean McVay was hired, you know, would you take them, you know, win 11 games and then win 13 games and, and go to the Super Bowl and lose? Well, the losing part... You know, sucks. The losing part, you know, it's you're you're not happy with the outcome, obviously. But you know, talking about you know this team as a future, as a whole, as a franchise, an organization. You know, Sean McVay, those coaches. When you have coaches like Sean McVay, he's a difference maker. He's he's a hire that turns everything around, and the ability to be great year in and year out is because of coaches like Sean McVay. That's when coaches make differences. And Sean McVay's that guy. So if I'm the Rams, and I'm sure they're going to do it, in the next year or two, you sign him to as many years as you possibly can because that guy eats, sleeps, drinks everything football. Everything football. So he's he's special guy to have. He's a big-time asset to your franchise and organization if you're the Rams. They know that. He's the face of the team. He's the face of the of the franchise, he, and he's he's freaking good, man. He's one of those guys that that can, you know, run for president. I mean, he's that type of leader. He's He brings that type of, you know, energy, and you got to lead, man. You got to lead. Yeah, you got to lead, man. I talk like John McVay. Yeah, George, yeah, you got to lead. But... I don't know. It is what it is. It's This is tough for L.A. sports fan. Tough for an L.A. sports fan because the Dodgers lose two in a row and then they lose to the Pats. 
the Rams do. That's three championships in a row that LA Sports has lost, and this this shit ain't fun, man. I'd rather not be there than get there and lose. Um, it's tough. It really is. It's a tough, tough thing. All right, man. I'm out of here. This is Miked Up Radio. By the way, we're now on Spotify. The podcast is now on Spotify. I haven't mentioned that all show. Shame on me. That's big time news. We are on Spotify. So go on Spotify. Search Miked Up Radio. No spaces. Miked Up Radio. M-I-K-E-D Up Radio. And hit the follow button. And you can listen to all our podcasts now on Spotify. How about that? Until next time, folks, thank you so much for making me a part of your day. It means a lot. Good night, everybody.